Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Safety and Health Podcast by SHP. I'm your host, Ian Hart, and I'm the editor of SHP. On this episode, we're going to hear from both outgoing Irish President Jimmy Quinn and incoming President Louise Hosking. I speak to the pair about overcoming the challenges of the last 12 months and look ahead to what's in store for 2022, including how the role of health and safety practitioner is changing. I want to begin the episode with my chat with Jimmy Quinn. Since Jimmy took over as Irish President in October 2021, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him a number of times and have always found our chats interesting and engaging. Over the next few minutes, you're going to hear Jimmy look back on his tenure as President, discussing how he had to adapt to being a virtual President and reflecting on the work he has done around mental health, veterans and the armed forces. I started off by asking Jimmy to pick out some of his biggest achievements. The membership, the membership, the membership, which is getting out there and being that president for the membership and having the membership realise through the thousands and thousands of emails and the hundreds of texts I've had in the last couple of weeks to say, you were a president, we're there for the members. Answering emails, answering the calls, linking people, networking people and creating opportunities. But also to see where the IOS Veterans and Armed Forces Group has come and how it's been helped and assisted and developed through IOSH was another great achievement as well. So where the veterans has come from and also where the members have got on board as well, they're probably the two biggest achievements. And do you think actually almost going virtual and and you picking up on your social media skills has almost helped that and bridged that gap between making you more approachable and and making you more accessible to people through social media and through the virtual coffee mornings that you've been doing than maybe that you wouldn't have been able to do that if it was a normal year? I believe that I was the right person to be president at the right time. I am a people person. People know that. I am all about the members. That's all I've talked about. I am about all about the volunteers. That's all I've talked about. But it gave me the opportunity to reach out to the branches, committees, branch chairs, go to meetings where I was welcome. Allow me to go to the chairs of groups. So I went to every single group in IOSH this year as well, sat in the committee meetings, was welcome, talked to them, went back again. So for that side of things, you know, I definitely believe I was the right person at the right time to embrace this because let's face it, Ian, there wasn't going to be any other way. We weren't going to be able to go out, especially when I always said, we're not doing anything till January 2022. That was more or less my year. Right, work on it, Jimmy. Get a grip of it. What are you going to do? And that's what we've done. So I agree the social networking side of it and the platforms were absolutely essential to me. I think one of the things you're most going to be remembered for is how you've championed veterans and the armed forces. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done there and why you feel a career in health and safety suits the skill sets of veterans so well? I've talked about this many, many times on podcasts. And one of the main things is that I believe that the service person is already halfway there in anything that you can do. So whether you want to be in management, project management, health and safety, you want to be in the retail industry, you want to be in the service industry, you want to be in hospitality, you're already halfway there with all the skills that are needed. And when I say that, it's about people facing, it's about analysing problems, it's about managing people, it's about managing time, logistical problems. I believe they've got all that. Whether you've served three years or 35 years, you're already halfway into any role. The part you need to learn is the part 
It's the technical part. So, you know, learning about what you would need to learn about in the retail space and storing things and having logistical stuff in terms of maybe working in a hospital, taking on that new challenge. But that's the thing I always say, that when it comes to those key skills, whether you call them power skills or whether you call them soft skills, those skills are already there and you can turn them to any type of environment that you want, which is why I think veterans are an important person to bring into any type of work. And again, I am going to be sort of controversial here. Any company that takes on a veteran and allows them to develop within their business, you're going to be hard placed to find someone who would be more loyal to you in that business. I mean, I know you set up a LinkedIn group for veterans. And what sort of work have you done during your presidency to help champion those veterans and that the health and safety is the career for them or a viable option for a career for them? I did say to Ayush, I want to set up this group for veterans and armed forces. So I tasked Matt Jackson and his uh, vice chair, Simon Donnelly, to work with Ayush as part of one of my focus groups too. And part of those focus groups was to try and engage with the armed forces, but not in terms of trying to sell health and safety to them, but for IOS to show that we care about our veterans, come, listen to the veterans that are already here. And if you feel health and safety is something that you'd like to do, then let's push you on that journey. However, if you feel that it's not something you'd like to do, let's still have veterans helping veterans. And then if you wanted to be in the transport industry or if you wanted to be in fire safety or you wanted to be in waste management, well, IOS have got lots and lots of groups so then let's get you in this IOSH Armed Forces and Veterans Group first. Let's sort you out. Let's make sure that we're giving you the right tools to take with you as you leave, help you and assist you in those two years before you leave. And then IOSH will then assist you if you want to go into these other groups and we'll help you that way as well. Because let's face it, whether you're in health and safety or not, IOSH has got so many different groups that can help you. And you don't just have to be in health and safety within IOSH the Institute of Safety and Health. However, there are lots of people in all these different groups that can assist you and give you the right information to move on as well. So there was that, but there was also one of our key council members, Jamie Sutherland-Powell, is now a key figure within the Ministry of Defence. And he is looking at the strategic plan of how health and safety looks within the military. So tying in with different veterans groups has all been part of the bigger picture. And it's something I'm now going to do because... I also have allowing me to do this in my immediate past presidency year, Ian. So I'm going to continue looking forward to the actions that was brought out by the focus group and keeping an eye on how those actions and recommendations are looking going forward. A large part of dealing with mental health is tackling the stigma and, and talking about it, you know, promoting some of those stories and getting people to speak openly about some of their struggles, which yeah. is more likely to then make people speak out about what they're going through and, and you know, get conversations started, I guess. No, no, that's a great point. And one, one of the things that, and I'll get into trouble for saying this. One of the things I disagree with is that part where we say, how are you? I don't particularly think for myself, Jimmy Quinn here, not Irish immediate past president or Irish president at the time. My own view is, it's never a question I ask, how are you? Because it's for me, it's it's not a positive question. It's more of a negative question. Engaging the conversation is the hardest thing to do. We know that. But, you know, what are you doing or what's that? Or if you're on site, can you show me this or something else that gets away from that question of how are you? For me, it's not the greatest question. So I always tend to try and say to people, go in with something else and just try and start that conversation, but not with how are you? Get people feeling more relaxed and comfortable with you. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that they can, yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting. Finally, then, what's kind of next for you, Jimmy Quinn? You mentioned you're going to continue working with the veterans. What's next for you? And then finally, 
How do you hope people remember you from your time as president? What's next for me? Well, I am going to do my media past presidency. I'll, I'll do that for a year. I'll support Louise, support the presidential team, support IOSH, you know, the board of trustees, Peter Bonfield and our CEO, Vanessa Harwood-Witcher. But I'll also be looking to try and develop myself more. I want to retire in 24 months, Ian. I'll be 55. You know, I've got some pensions put away. Don't need a lot. Two boys are grown up. They've flown the nest. So for me, I want to try and get involved in as many of the smaller charities as possible. Not the massive ones like the Help for Heroes and SAFA, but the smaller ones like, you know, SOS for our soldiers, veterans' families, and get out there and try and volunteer as much as I can in the next couple of years and then maybe try and knock it in the head when I'm 60. But for me, I'll get that done over the next few years. And that's very important to me to try and get into as many of these smaller charities as possible. And, and how will people remember me? I'd like to think that people remember me as the member's president, the one that went out there, the one that took down the barriers, the one that embraced people, opened up this dark heart of council and was more accessible. And I think with the hundreds of emails, the thousands of emails I've received over the last year, the numerous messages of thanks, that I think that's how people will remember me. And that, for me, means the world, mate. I think it's safe to say that it's not been the easiest of times to be in a role that's all about meeting and integrating with people, but that Jimmy has grasped the challenge head on and really taken advantage of the technology available and spread himself further and wider than would have been possible pre-pandemic. Louise Hosking was officially confirmed as Irish's new figurehead at its annual general meeting on the 16th of November. She will serve in the role for 12 months, representing IOSH in webinars and events around the world. Although I've been aware of Louise and her work for a long time, this was the first time I'd actually sat down and spoken with her one-on-one. I began by asking Louise about what she was most looking forward to about being president and the year ahead. We're in a moment in history, and I think what I'm looking forward to the most is being there for our members, being there for the profession, being there for our stakeholders and, you know, taking people forward. And I love building teams and working with people. And I'm going to get to meet so many people, aren't I? So we have the role of the president, but I'm also chair of council. And so that's very much a governance function within IOSH. So I'm massively looking forward to being chair of council, working with councillors to create some really strong thought leadership in IOSH. So all of those things. It carries on a kind of theme that I was talking to Jimmy about earlier. He was very much about people and about the members. And obviously during the year that he's had, he's not been able to meet people face to face. It's very much been about virtually. So you must be really looking forward to now it's starting to open up a bit more about actually getting out and meeting people face to face and having those conversations and attending meetings yourself. Jimmy's been a phenomenal president, but I do feel for him in that he's not been able to kind of meet people in person. But what we've done virtually has been phenomenal. He's probably met far more people than any other president has. We're already talking in my presidency about having a much more hybrid approach to it. So certainly I'm going to be going out and about and I'm making bookings now to go and speak and actually be somewhere rather than stuck behind this desk. So, yeah, I am looking forward to that. He talks about how he thinks he's become 
a lot more accessible as a president because of the social media, because he's more virtual meetings. You, like you say, he's been able to meet more people than he probably would have done in a normal year. And he's more accessible as a president. Do you think you're going to continue along that similar strand? I actually think as a profession, we learned so much, haven't we? I mean, I've been doing this job for a really long time, but I've learned so much new stuff over the last couple of years. And I think our global community and the global conversations that we've had are just phenomenal. And like I said this at the AGM, we need global solutions to our issues at the moment. We've got to come together and we're doing that as a profession and it's extraordinary and exciting. And that kind of comes on to the whole sustainability thing, doesn't it? Because you know, if we can raise up our people, if we can look after our people, that's going to be the way to solve some of these really challenging problems that the world's facing at the moment. So as health and safety professionals, we've got it in our ability to help and support businesses to support their people. So it's all going to be about people in my year. That kind of comes on to what you spoke about when you took over um, from Jimmy about the plans that you have for the next year around balance and, and values and sustainability. Can you talk a little bit more about those plans and how it ties into the IOSH Catch the Wave campaign, which was recently launched? Yeah, which is so exciting. I think this is a real game changer. So I've always worked very closely with business. I run a business. I understand those challenges and those pushes and pulls that you have on you as a business owner. And for me, balance is important. So is very much is the people planet profit but it's about having all of those things in balance so if we just concentrate on people the other areas are going to fall out of balance so it's very much about understanding that you pull on one area and another area can fall out of balance but if we create balance we create sustainable businesses and that's what we're going to need to take us through into future as health and safety professionals We do create value. That's the thing that's always driven me about this job is that when I work alongside businesses that really grasp this, it's not just the health and safety side, become more efficient and be smarter. It's all aspects of the business. And so this whole sustainability campaign is around the fact that we really do add value to businesses and what we do. And we've got an opportunity now because the world has seen how helpful we've been during the pandemic to really push that message through. But it's going to be down to us to kind of change some of our narrative. So rather than got this massive list of issues you've got to do is actually be problem solvers, solution finders, be creative, innovative, all of these new things. It's one of the common things that I've been hearing over the last six, 12 months, that opportunity. And it, it still feels quite weird to talk about an opportunity from something that's so negative. But actually, you're right in that forward thinking health and safety practitioners are now in a position where for the last 12, 18 months, they've been really, really listened to. They've been integral in businesses in order for business to be operational. And therefore, now is a great chance for them to start implementing some of these initiatives, getting some of these ideas across. And actually, the way that health and safety is portrayed has almost changed quite significantly because it's been mainstream media and national news every day. And I hope that I'm offering up a different type of image as well. So it's throwing out the clipboard is what I say. And 
turning around what people think of when they think of the role of the health and safety professional because I think we're really innovative bunch of people you know how often are we the only person in an organization with our skill set with no budget and yet we've got to turn all of these things around and so we are an innovative bunch our members have just been phenomenal over the last couple of years and we've got it in our ability to now change the public perception of who we are and what we do so it's very very exciting there's very few people within a business, aside from the health and safety person, that maybe has their fingers in so many areas of the business. Yeah. You know, your FD is just going to be focused on the finances. Your health and safety people have got their fingers in all the pies. They have to understand everybody's challenges, what everybody's doing. So they're quite unique in a business in that respect. It's the ultimate team sport. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a contact sport, I think, <laughs> as well. What are your plans around diversity and inclusion over the next year? And, and how do you plan to put that at the forefront of people's minds? Again, this is hugely important for our profession. So the way that I look at this, and I talk about diversity of thought. So in health and safety, there's some fixed things that we can't change. Fire alarm goes off, you've got to react to that fire alarm. But how we go about what we do and how we apply ourselves isn't fixed. And that's the innovative, exciting thing about it. But if we're all thinking about things in exactly the same way, we're going to miss a whole heap of potential hazards. We're going to have a very narrow approach to what we do. So the whole reason why I'm so excited about everyone talking about inclusion within health and safety is because we've got the opportunity to bring into the mix a wider range of people. So for me, inclusion is about having that mix of people. So people that have been doing this for a long time, people with fresh eyes, cultural differences from different backgrounds. And I think where we have that diversity, we're going to make better decisions. And in health and safety, when we make better decisions, we save more lives. So ever since I joined the presidential team, EDI has been a key area for me. And I do want to support and help women in the profession. I think that was very much something that bound me rather than the other way around. Because, you know, certainly when I became president-elect, I started to become very aware of what that meant for women in the profession. So I'm kind of riding that wave to support other women that are coming through. And it's really interesting the reasons why women and not putting themselves through and it's not just women it can be men as well around confidence and those kind of things so I've gone on a real journey with it and so EDI has always been a key theme I'm a female president I'm the first female president for a while there's not been very many of us so yeah I'm going to certainly be supporting women in health and safety I want to see a few more women in health and safety coming up behind me just touches back to what you talked about earlier around the confidence thing and about putting yourself out there when you went away from the corporate world and, and setting up your own business. So you're quite a kind of shining light up there as an example of, of what can be achieved if you do have that confidence and you do put your mind to something. But sometimes I really don't have the confidence. <laughs> I mean, this role has actually really taken me outside of my comfort zone. We were talking about writing, Ian, because you've been very supportive of when I've got something to say, you'll publish it. <laughs> And so I feel very comfortable in the written words and I love 
writing and thank you for you know supporting when I do but actually in this role I cannot believe where my face has been this week and it does make you feel slightly uncomfortable and slightly uneasy but actually that's the role and that's important for me to show other people that if you can see it you can be it but I'm not entirely comfortable 100% of the time with that myself but it is important and you push on your comfort zone and your comfort zone gets bigger, doesn't it? I think that's important to acknowledge that as well. It's about being vulnerable and accepting oh. that there's times of vulnerability and, and that, yes, yes, you have confidence at times, but also you're vulnerable at times. You still kind of got to do it. You're in the position yeah. that you're in and acknowledging that I think is really important and being open about it as well. Jimmy's brilliant at it. So I just follow him around. <laughs> And just finally, if we kind of skip forward to this time next year when you'll have had a year, what do you hope to achieve as Irish president? And and what will you, you know, sitting here in a year's time, looking back and going, I'm glad I've achieved that. I'm proud of what I've achieved there. What do you hope that thing is? The governance work that I'm doing within IOSH and within council is going to be a piece that I'm not sure how much the outside world will necessarily see. But for me, that's a really important piece. And that's about working within IOSH and within the governance structure to create much more thought leadership. That, for me, is a really important piece, which I don't know whether there will be an impact of that in the outside world or not. We'll have to wait and see. You'll have to ask me the question in a year's time. But also, I'm very keen to promote modern leadership skills, soft skills, but I don't call them soft skills. I call them power skills to really support our members to sort of harness a forward-looking approach to our profession. So it's really modernising our profession and one where businesses want to open their doors to us and say, we need a health and safety professional, not just to achieve compliance, but because they're going to help us create an efficient business. They're going to add value to our business. You know, I think we have changed the public perception of what we do but yeah this time next year I'd like to think that we've got people out there that are modern and new and different and embracing all of those power skills and empathy and feeling comfortable about working alongside as facilitators rather than the person who's always got the answer to everything. It was interesting to hear Louise's thoughts which is a common thread about how the public perception of health and safety has changed and how the coming months and years offer interesting and exciting opportunities, especially for the forward-thinking and innovative people within the profession. I'd like to thank both Jimmy Quinn and Louise Hosking for setting aside some time in what was a hugely busy time for both of them. Also, a big thank you to Sunita Patel and Marcus Bucock as IOSH for helping to facilitate these conversations. If you want to read the full article put together off the back of these interviews, please click on the link in the episode description. If you are new to the Safety and Health podcast, please do go back and check out our previous episodes. Last time out, we were joined by Sarah Waters, Professor of French Studies at the University of Leeds, to look at a study published by the University of Leeds and Hazards campaign, which called on the HSE to monitor, regulate and ultimately prevent workplace suicides. You can find the link in the podcast hub, where all the episodes are hosted in the episode description. If you like what you hear, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We are also available on your smart speaker. Simply ask to play the Safety and Health podcast. We'd be really grateful if you could rate us or comment on your chosen platform, as that will help us to get the show out to a wider audience. Please do stay tuned to shponline.co.uk for the very latest health and safety news, where you can also sign up to our daily e-newsletter. 
Thank you very much for listening and see you on the next episode. Bye.